Hello, and welcome to Let Me Tell You a Story podcast, produced by ED Media. Today's story is from the best-selling novel, Journey to the Kingdom of Soul, written by author Everlast. Chapter 18. Commander Elhadak put one of the up-and-coming captains in charge of the second committee. His strict orders were to pull out if things did not look right, and the scout was trailing them to be the second line of communication back to the camp, just in case the group did not make it back. What do you think happened to Captain Andrew and his group? Boyd asked Captain Samuel as they lead the way through the forest. I don't know. I would hate to see what's going to happen to them if we find the captain and his group feasting and drinking wine with those humanals, Samuel said. Boyd laughed, the commander and major definitely won't take those actions lightly. Commander Elhadik wanted the second group back at the camp by the next day's noon moon. Motivating the group to ride through the forest with a purpose, Grass and dirt kicked up under the steady pounding of the ten-man team that rode in a two-man formation. The scout stayed far behind the group, trotting at a leisure pace. He wanted to give himself ample space where he wouldn't lose them, and he wouldn't be too close to be seen with them. Captain Samuel's mind was focused on the carnage the industry army was going to bring to the people of the brook for disobeying his leader's demands. Then he was on the road he was leading his small battalion down. Samuel's horse kicked up a wire, setting off a small barrage of arrows. Six of the horses squealed in pain as bodies flung from the crumbling animals. The agonizing cries of the men and animals hit by the onslaught rocked the entire forest, causing the scout to stop in his tracks. The eerie cries sent a chill up his spine, making him continue forward with more caution. Captain Samuel and his horse took a nosedive forward, giving him no time to break his fall. His face hit the ground as dirt and dust exploded into the air. Clearly shaken and disoriented, Samuel tried to crawl out from under his fallen horse. What's happening? Samuel said out loud, as his vision began to clear up in the dust cloud. The captain saw five of his men disembark from their horses, and jump right into sword-to-sword combat with a group of soldiers. Samuel tried to free himself from under his dead horse, but the task seemed to be easier to accomplish in his mind than in real life. A loud roar blasted the captain on the side of his face causing him to close his eyes. The fear he felt flowing through his body had never been present in Captain Samuel's life before that moment. He slowly opened his eyes and found himself face to face with a red-faced tiger. What the? Captain Samuel mumbled in pure shock. D. Tiger lashed out with his paw, cutting open three straight lines on Samuel's cheek. With another swift swipe of his paw, D. Tiger snapped the captain's neck, killing him instantly. Satisfied with his work the Red Tiger moved on to his next victim. The ambush proved to be too much for the industry army soldiers, forcing the survivors to attempt a surrender. Okay. Okay. We surrender. One of them cried out as he raised his hands into the air. Roar. D. Tiger barked, as he jumped on the soldier from his blind side. Ah. No. The soldier cried out, before D. Tiger silenced him with a swift bite to his neck. The rest of the brook fighters fed off of their leader's aggression, and finished off the last industry army soldier with a barrage of cuts and chops from their bloody swords. All was still by the time the scout reached the horrific scene. He hopped off of his horse and tried to hold it steady, as D. Tiger sniffed around the fallen to make sure everyone was really dead, as his men searched the bodies and their carry pouches. D. Tiger, someone is watching. One of the brook men cried out from his position high up in the trees. 
D-Tiger quickly followed the man's line of vision and spotted the motionless scout. The Red Tiger broke out into a sprint, with two of his men hot on his heels. The scout quickly scrambled back onto his horse and made a mad dash back into the direction he came. Yeah. Yeah. D-Tiger picked up his speed, diving forward over a fallen tree bark, missing the scout by a hair. The fleeing scout did not realize how close he was to being swept out of the air, as beads of sweat suddenly appeared on his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. D-Tiger continued to give chase until he realized the horse's head start was too much for him to catch up to. He stopped running, giving some of his men time to catch up to him. Who do you think he was? One of his men asked out loud. D. Tiger continued to watch the fleeing horse until they were out of sight. Probably back up to the team we just took down. So what do we do now? We return to the brook and prepare for the invasion, D. Tiger answered, before walking off. The war was on, chapter break. So how much longer are we going to stay here? Corey asked Lil K. I have to make one more trip, then we can leave, she answered, as the pair sat under the candlelight in the back of his wagon. I think Miss Linda knows someone is staying with me in this wagon, Corey said staring down at the empty bowl of food they just shared. Why do you say that? Lil K asked. Because, it's just the little things, like lately she hasn't asked me to go down to pick up the water with her. And I didn't ask her for a second helping yesterday, she made the bowl and said just bring it back when I'm finished. But did she ask you about someone being in here with you? Lil K asked, looking uninterested. Lil K was more worried about getting Nippoli to start a revolt from within the camp, than she was of Corey's caretaker knowing about her presence. Lil K saw the sadness in Miss Linda's eyes and knew if she walked up into the wagon and found Lil K there, she would go along with the plan once she found out Lil K was going to sneak her and Corey out of there. No, not exactly, Corey said after some hesitation. So don't worry about it, Lil K said. Then she stood up and peeked out of the canvas. The elders were out gathering around a fire, as the night's activities seemed to be winding down. I have to go, Lil K said, pulling on her black hood. I'll be back. She winked at him and slipped out of the wagon. She was glad to see Corey finally sporting a smile. When she first met the young boy he looked like he was ready to give up hope on a moment's notice. Corey sat there in silence marveling at his luck to meet a woman like Lil K, who was willing to help him get out of captivity. Just a week ago Corey thought he was going to die from loneliness in that small wagon. Now his future was looking a little more promising. Corey had witnessed firsthand what the industry army will do to people when they come in to industrialize the city. This led Corey to question Lil K on why she would help him escape, only to bring him to her land which was next in line to be invaded. Lil K simply told him to trust her. The brook is the safest place on this side of the kingdom of Seoul, she told him. The genuine look in her eyes won his heart to do so. Corey didn't know what Lil K had planned for the rest of the camp, but whatever it was she seemed more satisfied with her findings every time she returned from her late-night excursions. Whenever Corey would ask her about her plan, Lil K would smile and say, Freedom. That would spark a long conversation between them about freedom and the people living under the beautiful culture and traditions of High Hop, and how the industry army has watered down the cultures of others in the past. Corey? Corey? Miss Linda called out from the other side of the canvas. Yes? Corey answered. Can I come in? Sure Miss Linda, Corey said, as he remained sitting down Indian style, 
Miss Linda climbed up into the wagon, then let her eyes roam. Are you okay? Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking that's all. You're not going to sit around the fire tonight? Corey asked. Nah, I wanted to hang out with you for a while tonight, before I turned in, Miss Linda said, sitting down on the floor across from him. I see you ate all of your food. Corey looked down at his empty bowl, then suddenly remembered he had to get rid of Miss Linda before his guest returned. Oh yeah, it was delicious. Miss Linda was quiet for a moment, then she said, I saw her leave Corey. Corey did not respond. He stared into her caramel-colored face and wondered what she was going to do now. You don't have to worry though. I think I'm the only one who has seen your friend come and go, she said with a smile. You're not mad at me? Corey asked. Of course not Corey, she said scooting next to him. I'm glad you have someone to talk to in here. I just want you to be more careful that's all. Because if one of the others find out, they will report it to the soldiers. I want you to meet her, but she said it's not time yet, Corey said. What do you mean she said it's not time yet? Miss Linda asked looking confused. I don't know, but I do know she's going to help us get out of here, Corey said confidently. Oh yeah? And how is she going to do that? She asked unimpressed. How many have we seen try to leave here and end up in the dungeons of industry land or worst, killed? I know Miss Linda. I've thought of the same things. But it's something about Lil Kay that tells me she's sincere about helping us and think we should trust her, Corey said. Lil Kay, huh? And what's her plan? Miss Linda asked. I don't really know everything there is to know about it. But I do know she is taking us with her when she returns to her homeland, Corey said. Miss Linda chuckled. Boy, she must have really touched your soul, because I haven't seen you this animated in a long time. Corey smiled, that's why I want you to meet her. So you can feel the energy and hope I feel when I'm with her. She ruffled her three-inch afro and said, as long as I have you to look after, I will always have hope. She stood up and took his empty bowl. Now get some rest. I have a feeling the army is ready to attack the next city. Good night Ms. Linda. She smiled as she stood in the doorway. Ms. Linda hadn't heard the departing gesture in a long time. It made her feel some type of normalcy, even if it was for ten seconds. Good night baby. Corey laid down and stared up at the roof of the wagon feeling like his current circumstances were about to change, and he couldn't wait until it did. Chapter Break Lil Kay stood outside of Nippoli's wagon in the dark shadows of the night, listening for signs of movement inside. She knew Nippoli was waiting for her, but Lil Kay still had to be cautious not to walk into a trap. Inside Nippoli began to hum a rhythm to herself. Lil Kay listened for a few moments, before checking to see if the coast was clear. Once she was satisfied, Lil Kay climbed up into the wagon. I didn't think you would come, Nippoli said in a low mellow tone. It's hard to move around this camp sometimes. May I sit? Lil Kay asked. Sure, would you like some bread and berries? Nippoli offered, as she got up and moved around her mobile home with ease. Yes. Thank you. Did you know the army has implemented a crackdown on our late-night gatherings? Nippoli asked, handing Lil Kay a small basket with two honey rolls and some berries in it and a cup of water. I've heard something about that. Why? A tactic to stop us from keeping our culture alive, Nippoli said, then took her seat on a thick stack of hay lace comforters. You know, their whole body of work is to industrialize us.
strip us of our music, our cultures, and our traditions under the soulful testaments of high hop, Nipoli tried to put on a brave smile, but Lil K could still see the songstress's pain in her eyes. Nipoli, how long have you been in industry land? Nipoli looked off into space as if she could see her memories appear on the canvas wall, then said, I've been here since I was a teenager. My land was invaded, like so many others I've watched the army conquer. That was about eight years ago. A cold shiver washed over Nipoli's body. She wrapped her arms around herself, then rubbed the chill. Why do you ask? Because you don't strike me as a voice that has been fully industrialized yet, Lil K said. That's because my talent has grown strong, and I know how to control it even under the watchful eyes of Timu's and his council. See, Timu's and the council's mission is to make everyone in Musina live, think, and sound the way they feel is prosperous in Timu's superior takeover, Nipoli explained. Henceforth the birth of an industrial life of traditions. Now when it comes to me, Miss fell in love with my voice so much, that the rules became a little lenient over time. This may be true but I'm pretty sure there have been other women who had voices just as beautiful as yours, Lil K said. Yes, there has, but they haven't been around as long as I have, because I was captured at a young age. And most of the other women were way older, Nipoli said. It's easier to industrialize the young than the old. I see. Once Timuz gave praise about how the gods of force will grant him extra blessings for the possession of my voice within industry land, the council immediately signed on, Nipoli said. But ultimately Timuz makes the final decision in Industryland, right? Lil K asked, yes. The council are just members, who are the face of the government in industry land. They hold positions that have been in that land for generations, Nipoli said. They have, some say, because Timus doesn't like dealing with the everyday dictation. He likes to be in control of the death and destruction part of the people. Which are the takeover campaigns, Lil K said in a matter-of-fact tone. Exactly. I guess the question now is, are you ready to change history? Lil K asked with the serious look of a teacher in her eyes. I have to be ready, Nipoli said with a little bit of confidence in her voice. If I'm not, then who will be? Lil K smiled. That's the attitude you have to have Nipoli. Because if your followers don't believe you're in it 100%, and you will lead them to a better place, then they will not follow. I know, Nipoli said looking down at her hands. Like I told you before, I'm no rebel, but I do understand the power of my influence. She looked up into Lil K's hazel-colored eyes and continued, I know they believe in me Lil K. So I have to work for them to help both of us get out of this bad state we've been living in for too long now. I've been hearing the army is gearing up for their attack. So we have to move with some urgency, Lil K said. What do you need me to do? Nipoli asked, finally ready to stand up to her captors. Tonight, I want you to start with the people you know, who will fight with all their heart. They will be your chamber of support. And they will help you work on the others. Nipoli nodded, okay. You will wait until the army is engaged in battle with my people in the brook. Then you will make the call to overpower the remaining guards in the camp. Lil K said, feeling the power of her plan coming together as she laid it out to the songstress. Nipoli nodded in agreement then said, I've been thinking, if we are successful with freeing ourselves, then where will we go? Every place in South Musina has been destroyed and industrialized. The Kingdom of Seoul Lil K said, bringing a smile to Nipoli's cocoa-colored cheeks. 
I've heard nothing but good things about the kingdom of Seoul for as long as I can remember, but I've never been there. It's a little journey from here to the kingdom. But, when you and your people reach it, I know you will be welcomed with open arms, Lil Kay said. There, you will be given the chance to rebuild your lives, independently. The two women strategized their plan of attack on the group of soldiers the army would leave behind to maintain order in the camp. Then they snuck out into the night to go visit one of Nipoli's first recruits. They made their way to a wagon 100 yards from where Nipoli's wagon was stationed, and climbed inside. Who's there? A man's voice called out in the dimly lit wagon, as he sat up. It's me Fom, she said in a low tone, Nipoli? What's happening? Fom asked as he wiped the cold out of his eyes. And who is this? This is Lil Kay. She's going to help us get free. Fom hadn't heard those words spoken out loud in a long time. His freedom was something Fom had been dreaming about for a long time, and to finally hear it come out of the woman's mouth that he idolized immediately grabbed his attention. I'm listening. How are we going to do this? Chapter Break By the time Lil Kay made it back to Corey's wagon it was almost sunrise, and she was so tired she just wanted to lay down and rest. But her mind wanted to keep going. Lil Kay knew she was running out of time if she was going to make it back to the brook before the industry army arrived. Once the front portcullis was closed to seal the city in, the only way it would reopen was by force. And she did not want to be caught on the wrong side of the gate. As soon as Lil Kay climbed into the back of the wagon, Cory woke right up. I didn't think you were coming back. I told you Cory, I would not leave you here, Lil Kay said with sincerity in her eyes. Are you ready? Right now? Corey asked, hopping up from his hay comforter. Yes, right now, she said, not wanting to smile too much, because their escape was a serious matter. But Corey looked too happy for Lil Kay not to share a smile with him in this great moment. We have to take Miss Linda, Corey said standing up to face her. We are. But we have to hurry, before the camp begins to wake up. Corey suddenly hugged Lil Kay. Thank you Lil Kay. I will never forget this. I am indebted to you for the rest of my life. Lil Kay found herself blushing when he let her go. We'll worry about that later. Right now we have to go. They sneaked out of the wagon, and quickly made their way over to Ms. Linda's wagon. Corey climbed in first, then Lil Kay followed when she felt the coast was clear. Ms. Linda, his voice and movement around her made Ms. Linda snap out of her heavy sleep. Corey? What's wrong? She asked looking around her dimly lit wagon. Her eyes suddenly focused on the short woman she saw sneaking in and out of Corey's wagon. We have to leave, Corey said. To go where? Miss Linda asked, grabbing her cotton top to cover up her bare breast. To the brook, Lil Kay said. Who are you? I'm sorry for this little intrusion. I am Lil Kay, the Duchess of the Brook, and I will have to make it up to you when we reach our destination. Ms. Linda stood up still feeling a little hazy. Okay, I'll go. As long as you know Corey is my first priority, Ms. Linda said as she quickly began to get herself together. His safety is my prime concern. So can you guarantee us a safe journey? Lil Kay liked the woman already. She was glad Corey had someone to look out for him in this dangerous environment. Ms. Linda, if I said I could guarantee we will make it out of this camp and off to a happy ending, then I would be lying to you and I don't want to start off our relationship on that kind of note. What I can tell you is, this is your chance to take your freedom back. 
and that is something you have to be willing to take and die for, Lil K said. Corey watched the two women go back and forth, and he was beginning to feel a new form of energy he hadn't felt in a long time. Miss Linda looked down at him, and Corey grinned, then nodded his approval. Miss Linda didn't have to trust the woman she just met, but she did trust the young boy she had been looking after. Lil K thank you for being honest with us. If Corey believes in it, then I have to go with it. Lil K smiled, then Corey finally spoke up. So can we leave, before the patrols start making their rounds? Okay, okay, Miss Linda said wrapping her hair up in a bun. I'm ready. The birds were out chirping with the rising sun, as the threesome climbed out of the wagon and made their way through the sleeping camp, to the densest part of the forest. Hey everyone, it's Arthur Everlast. I want to thank you for listening to Let Me Tell You a Story podcast. Tune in for the next episode. God bless and be safe.